you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I am your host, Gemma, and today we've got a special episode for you. So we're bringing this one to you uh, nice and quick in the middle of our series of interviews with members because we just wanted to touch on the integrated rail plan. It's due to be published very soon. So uh, we thought we'd just best have a quick chat about that before we see it. Uh, and then once it's been published, we can come back and uh, digest it further. So uh, in order to talk all things integrated rail plan, Northern Powerhouse Rail, HS2 uh, and more, uh, I am joined by Tim Foster, who is our Interim Strategy and Programmes Director. Hello, Tim. Hi, Gemma. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. You? Jolly good. Yes, not too bad. Thank you. Not too bad at all. So um, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I think this is your first time on the podcast. Is that correct? It is. I'm really excited. Oh, excellent. That's good to know. We're glad to have you here. So, um, yeah, we're talking all things NPR, HS2 and so on ahead of the publication of the Integrated Rail Plan. Now, um, these are all uh, big topics, uh, big words, and we say things like IRP and HS2 and NIC and RNA and all of these kind of things. So let's start um, at the beginning and give those listeners who are maybe not as uh, au fait or as um, integrated with these things uh, on a day-to-day basis as we are, give them a bit of a uh, an overview and some background. So let's start with Northern Powerhouse Rail, flagship project for transport for the north, um, going to massively transform connectivity uh, right across the region. What do we need to know about NPR? Well, uh, so Northern Powerhouse Rail is TFN's flagship rail investment programme. And what it what it really represents is huge amounts of investment in in what we call pan-regional connectivity. Uh, so basically, how do we connect all the different parts of the north with um, fast and frequent rail services to really make rail the, the preferred mode of uh, choice for, for travellers across the north? Um, so the NPR plans have been designed as a network so that everything works together really seamlessly. And the plans for Northern Pass Rail include a, a new line from Liverpool to Leeds via Warrington and Manchester and Bradford, as well as significantly upgrading um, other parts of the North Rail network um, so that you've got journey time improvements and more trains and more, more seats for passengers on all lines across the North. Fantastic. And it's um, it's got massive benefits, right? It's not just about knocking a few minutes off journey times. This is creating jobs. It's getting cars off the roads. Yeah, and the, you know the really key thing about Northern Pass Rail is that, but building on HS2 and Transpennine upgrade and other schemes we'll come on and talk about later. It's really Northern Pass Rail really delivers the step change in connectivity that allows people to connect between places and give people much more choice about where they live and where they work. Uh, and, and the consequence of that is that it brings massive economic benefits. It's not just a transport scheme that makes it a bit quicker to get to different places. It really changes the game in terms of 
where you live, where you work, if you're a business, who you do business with, um, if you're an investor, where you, um, you know, you choose to put your your investment. Um, uh, I'm, I'm alongside this connectivity to places like Manchester Airport really ups the strength of the offer for um, particularly for business in the north, for people in the north. So the economic benefits of that are really huge um, and really as, acting as that really central catalyst for, for lots of wider investment, um, particularly in particularly in city centres. And Northern Powerhouse Rail um, has many um, touch points and integration areas with um, HS2, doesn't it? Tell us a little about, bit about how they're going to, to work together. Yeah, so uh, Northern Powerhouse Rail has been very carefully and deliberately designed to, to integrate um, very closely and effectively with uh, HS2. Uh, and there's lots of, lots of joint working between Transport for the North and an RMPR program and HS2 Limited about the best way to to make that really seamless network work. And parts of parts of the um, uh, the NPR network rely very heavily on um, uh, on shared infrastructure um, between HS2 and Northern Pass Rail. And a really good example of that is in the in the um, in the Sheffield to Leeds corridor for Northern Pass Rail. Um, the preferred solution is a combination of the the uh, eastern leg of HS2 and the last um, the last section of that um, into Leeds and the new um, high speed station at Leeds um, uh, joined on to what will be a very significant upgrade of the route out of Sheffield. Um, so that so through that you'll not only be seeing very fast um connectivity to the midlands and and the south via hs2 from leeds but also getting that really close connectivity between sheffield and and, and leeds as well um, and there are similar examples um in the west around particularly the connectivities of manchester airport into piccadilly um, and out to the west towards warrington and liverpool um, as well as connectivity south to crew so a really really integrated um a really really integrated approach and and that's why um uh it's why we've always emphasized the need for for hs2 to be built in full alongside the preferred northern power rail network now these um these projects npr and hs2 obviously massive uh, infrastructure schemes they don't happen overnight you can't just build new rail lines out of nowhere so they need to come on the back of um, ongoing improvements, enhancements now and over the next few years, don't they, to really build that uh, fully transformational network. So we've, we're looking already at things like the uh, TransPennine route upgrade and other changes and enhancements that can be made in the shorter term as a way to, to boost connectivity now uh, and really set the scene for these uh, more transformational projects a little bit further down the line, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and and this was part of actually our advice to the National Infrastructure Commission when they were producing their rail needs assessment was actually the phased approach to all this investment is really important. And there's a whole set of changes and improvements to the North Rail network that are happening now have, have been put in place over the last couple of years. Um, enhancements uh, and improvements that are due to, to, to happen through the, through the 2020s including TransPennine route upgrade and uh, there's a there's a update an upgrade to the capacity on the Hope Valley line um, which is really important in terms of connectivity between 
Sheffield and Manchester. So, yeah, lots of stuff um, on the verge of happening through the 2020s. We think that actually there are some opportunities to accelerate parts of Northern Powers Rail and do them early alongside those upgrades, particularly particularly in the east of the north, where um, some of the some of the upgrade work, um, for example, between Leeds, Sheffield and Hull, um, has already been thought about in the past, and there are plans in place to to electrify those lines that were then delaying. So restarting some of that work, uh, and particularly, I think, yeah, building it in both with the with the planned sort of upgrade um, schemes. Um, uh, there's a real opportunity to start some of the Northern Pass Rail um, schemes very early and start to to unlock benefits for passengers. Other bits of Northern Pass Rail, because they will, particularly the new line elements, will take longer to plan, um, design, and and um, and go through the consenting process. So we know those bits will take longer to deliver, um, and will almost certainly take until the 2030s. Um, to till we've got to a point where the complete network is in place, but lots and lots of opportunities to do things quickly um, and to accelerate things forward. So parts of the MPR program are looking at exactly that. What what are the what are the bits of the network that you could do now, deliver alongside um, upgrades like Transplan on route upgrade and really start to unlock things as quickly as possible. You, uh, you mentioned there the National Infrastructure Commission and the Rail Needs Assessment. So this is where it's going to start to get um, a little bit heavy for people who uh, might not necessarily be embedded in this kind of uh, industry or, or language as we are. So let's try and take it. Um, we've got fantastic oversight now and background information on Northern Powerhouse Rail. Brilliant. OK, we know what that is as a project. Um, where do we go into um okay the realms of high speed north the integrated rail plan the rail needs assessment national infrastructure commission right let's try to unpick this and see how it all fits in and i know you're laughing tim because it's it's it, it's not it's not an easy job let's see what we can do okay um right where do we start let's go with okay high speed north in itself now if my if my memory serves and we're going back um ooh, last year maybe even the year before i don't know i've lost track of time in this um never-ending pandemic um high speed north was um a, a, a sort of idea a goal a vision um that i think the prime minister first kind of referenced and then out of that um, sort of vision, um, we then gained this idea of an integrated rail plan for the North and the Midlands. It, it, and, that, and that's going to be the tangible strategic plan that sets out what this vision, this idea of high speed North looks like. Are we OK with that so far? I think you're close enough. Yeah. <laughs> so it was actually there was no it was the review. It was the review of HS2. Uh, uh, what was called the Okavi review, led yeah, by Douglas well. Okavi. That yeah. that was the that was the review that looked at should HS2 go ahead or not, and that said yes, HS2 should be delivered in full, and government should get on with 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 as they are doing, building the route from London to Birmingham and then to Crewe. It the the Okavi review. It was the Okavi review that said. We also think that phase two, what's called phase two B of HS2, it's already getting complicated. Phase two B of HS2 is the is the last bits that then connect the Midlands, the Midlands um, 
to both uh, Manchester, Liverpool and, and the North Western on Scotland, um, but also the eastern leg of HS2, which is the thing you hear about the most, um, into which goes from um, Birmingham across to the East Midlands, up through um, connecting uh, Sheffield through South Yorkshire into Leeds, but also with a spur that takes takes you on to York. And, and up that, to that, that Y coast. shape of HS2, yeah. isn't it? That's we get yeah. that. Yeah. And, and the eastern, the, the, uh, the design of phase 2B was fixed before Northern Powers Rail was conceived. And so, as I said earlier, we at TFN worked with HS2 Limited and DFT and Network Rail to design Northern Powers Rail around a fixed HS2 scheme. Uh, and that works in most places. It causes some issues in one or two places. And there are definitely lots of issues, lots of opportunities to better integrate the design and delivery of HS2 um, and Northern Powers Rail. And really that was what the that was what the OCOV review said needed to happen. Uh, the government then said, fine, we'll, um, we government will produce an integrated rail plan for the for the Midlands and the North saying how how these major rail projects should be designed and delivered in an integrated way. Um, and we're going to ask the National Infrastructure Commission um, to undertake a rail needs assessment to give us the options for how those um, schemes might best be integrated and delivered. So we've got um, the Okeby review said HS2 needs to happen in full. Um, the uh, National Infrastructure Commission. Now, this is the um, an executive agency that provides expert advice to the government on infrastructure challenges, and it has yes. to undertake these regular infrastructure assessments. It was called on to do a rail needs assessment, which would then sort of feed into the final integrated rail plan to be published by the government. Are we still on track? That's absolutely right. Yes. And so because because the NIC is a slightly independent body, um, they did their they did their rail needs assessment in a fairly transparent way. They did a big call for evidence. Uh, last May, and we, which we, we fed to. into. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Tell us what we fed into on that, then, if you can, Tim. So we we um, really in responding to that, we identified um, all the areas of where um, HS2 and MPR could be better integrated, um, and we also set out um, we also set out a very broad approach to phasing of different rail interventions starting in particular with dealing with the current problems on the rail network that we all certainly were experienced before the pandemic about capacity and delays and too much mixed traffic on the network so if you've ever tried to get a train uh out of piccadilly uh -huh. um, i used i used to just just about a year ago funnily yeah. enough yeah. Do, you, do you remember there used to be a stonking great freight train that came oh. through at about half past yeah. four every um every evening through the castlefield yeah. corridor it's a perfect example. Mm. You know, perfect example of too much mixed traffic. So freight mm. traffic, um, local commuting services, massive intercity services, um, all sorts of stuff, all competing for the same bit of track space. And and you there, there, there is huge pinch points across the rail network in the north, which are which are the real bottlenecks. 
and that's where the investment needs to go. And it's it's that's it's partly what things like the Hope Valley upgrade uh, and Transpennine route upgrade are sorting out. Um, but there are more bottlenecks and more opportunities to to unlock those things. We said deal with those first. You know, fix the problems of today, fix the long term problems of underinvestment in the network. Um, deal with the things that are going to make the biggest um, bring the biggest benefits to to rail passengers for today. And then you've got then you can go on to do the early phase of Northern Pass Rail, um, and and then the more that NPR and HS2 can be delivered at the same time, a there are some really big benefits from doing that in terms of reducing costs and having a much more efficient program and delivering it more quickly. But also you can really start to drive the economic benefits. Um, and the thing we said above all was about certainty. So for for a long time. Certainly, um, much of the North has been planning for the arrival for, for HS2. And then as NPR has been developed, city regions in particular have, have accommodated and adapted their plans um, to, to virtually reconfigure their city centres around new rail links and, um, uh, and and sort of opening up a new markets and all the la- all the economic opportunities that come from that. But we've never had the final firm, this is all definitely going to happen. That means people can plan their plan their places with confidence. And I think that that it's that lack of certainty that's, that's you know what and, and exactly how these things fitting together, how are they going to be delivered, who's going to be delivering them, when are they actually going to land that's that's sort of causing the bottleneck. So I think above all, we said we just need some certainty about what's coming and what's not coming. Um, um and and so that was the key that they were really the kind of key elements of what we said to the NIC. We followed that up with lots of work and further advice to them and to government through the year about about particularly around the opportunities for phasing and making sure that um, particularly as well the investment in the conventional network isn't forgotten. Um, and um, we haven't yet touched on freight in this conversation particularly, but loads of opportunities to to unlock sort of freight access, particularly to the ports. Um, uh, and to uh, and across the Pennines. So that's what we uh, said. That was our um, evidence and submission to this uh, rail needs assessment by the National Infrastructure Commission. Uh, if anybody's counting the three letter acronyms, by the way, um, keep your list. And let us know uh, how many it gets to. Um, so then the rail needs assessment was published in uh, December, I think, last year, just before uh, Christmas. And it wasn't necessarily what any of us wanted to see it and um, our members were um, disappointed and I know there were there were many, many comments and reactions because actually what the proposition said was that there would be um, you know different um, different funding levels and you could do this within this and this within this um, but none of them said we going we recommend doing um, the full routes there was a definite um, partiality um, element to the eastern leg in particular so there wasn't a very positive reaction to that right yeah absolutely right so um managed bits of the back bits of the rail needs assessment the analysis that was done the work was done was really interesting um and it's a real shame actually that in the in the framing of all that evidence um it didn't quite 
it didn't quite answer the question. So as you said, um, uh, it, it the rail needs assessment ended up positioning Northern Pass Rail and HS2 as choices. You can do one of them, or you can do, or you can do the other, um, uh, but you can't do both. And I think it was that, given given that we've been all talking for so long about the importance of north-south connectivity through HS2 and east-west connectivity through Northern Pass Rail and the and the integration between them, it was the absence of so. Uh, of what that kind of final end state with both NPR and HST in place that our strategic transport plan is based around that 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 being missing in what was otherwise quite a thorough assessment um, it was a big disappointment to us and to northern leaders and to other bodies. I think the the sort of reaction to the rail needs assessment was pretty was pretty um, consistent and universal. Um, uh, that was one issue. That as you noted, the 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 fact that in all the scenarios that the NIC put forward, all the options they're effectively giving to government as a as a choice, all included the western leg of HS2, um, uh, the route from Crewe to to Manchester and the northwest, um, but only had different options on the eastern leg, um, and the only the only scenarios in which the eastern leg was delivered in full. Um, was then a trade-off with the with the uh, with the strength of the investment in Northern Pass Rail, um, and they. So once once again, um, and and I, he I hesitate to go down this road, so I'll touch on it very briefly. But I think the upshot of that sort of um, you know these are funding pots or scenarios that will be considered and you know you can't do everything you want so you know you've got to pick and choose once again we're back to that there's limited funding and you've just got to figure out what you want to do and and within that amount rather than a truly uh transformational view looking at the outcomes the benefits the long-term potential not just for transport but what that means for wider society for our economy for our business growth for our jobs opportunities for the future generations and how they want to move around and work and live and play and do business it missed it missed all that and and I, we're not going to go into it Tim although I know you and I have uh, discussed it on on several occasions and if anybody's particularly interesting there are blogs from Tim on our website on this but the whole green book appraisal method uh that approach of you know not just looking at benefit cost ratios, understanding the wider impacts just seems to have been um, missed. Yeah, it was and a, a lot of it does come back to the to the to the, you know, the funding scenarios that, that the NRC were looking at and and the fact that the costs, as we know, of HS2 have been rising since certainly since NPR was conceived, since the last time that the IC looked in detail at the the affordability and the funding envelopes on offer, so um, but slightly frustratingly, um, the the southern bits of HS2, the bits the bits effectively between London and Crewe, weren't weren't part of this assessment, but the costs were. So once the costs had sort of been factored in. Everything else in the rail needs assessment is based on what's left over. Once you've once you've once you've built HS2 to crew, what is left over for a further investment in the Midlands and the North? And that just on principle 
was a really big issue for the board. Um, the effect that NPR effectively becomes a shock absorber for the rising costs of HS2. Now, he, clearly, costs costs across major infrastructure schemes are a real issue at the moment. Rising costs across rail of HS2, of other things. So, government does have to be really careful. But as you say, missing the big picture of um, what is the total economic return from from NPR and HS2 together. That assessment actually has never been done. Um, it's never been done by anybody, and we we had expected the NIC would do it. So we're still missing the answer to that question. And when you think you're talking about how much rail, how much how much investment is needed, not just in not just in trans in rail actually, but in transport more generally over the next 25, 30 years, that feels like a really important question that needs to be answered. So uh, let's move forward then into what comes uh, next. So um, we know that the integrated rail plan for the North and the Midlands is is coming. I think we were originally expecting it before the end of last year. Um, yeah. We're now potentially expecting it soon, um, but that's not certain. But that's why we're here talking about it, because we thought we'd um, yeah, have a look at it now. Let's see, uh, see what we think it might look like, certainly what we want to see from it. And then uh, when it comes, we'll uh, we'll come back and have another chat about it. So um, give us the, the brief outline of what the integrated rail plan is, Tim. That's not, an so, e that's not an easier question as it sounds, <laughs> I know. So the, the, the question, it's, it's not an easy question to answer because I think the short answer is nobody, nobody outside of government um, uh, is really going to have a clear view of what it is, I think, I think realistically until it's published. What it was, as I said earlier, what it was to be was um, uh, a very clear plan for how to integrate um, 2B and NPR, uh, the Midlands Rail Hub, um, and other major rail projects, um, and really set out a phase sequence of delivery of all of those things. So it should be when it comes, it should be the it should be the um, it should be the definitive view from government about which of the major um, rail projects uh, they feel it's uh, they can. Um, uh, commit to in terms of developing and taking forward. It should also be in responding to the NIC, and we talked about their different funding scenarios, um, uh, and if, which were effectively three different levels of funding, all of, all of which were huge amounts of money, ranging from about 90 billion to 130 billion um, to fund uh, HS2, Northern Pounds Rail, Midlands Rail Hub, uh, Transpennine upgrade, so all the big stuff over the next 25, um, over the next 25 years. It's a really big decision from government: is how how um, how much money are they prepared to put into the rail network um, over that period of time. Um, which which elements of Northern Pass Rail um, the government um, thinks can work best with. HS2 and, and vice versa. So uh, may and the and the government have been quite clear actually that they're not necessarily just going to pick one of the options that um, that the NIC have put forward. That the NIC's 
view is is an important view, but ultimately it's one view. So it's not necessarily the case that they will pick uh, one of the NICs um, uh, scenarios at all. But what yeah, what we're expecting to see effectively in the integrated rail plan is a blueprint for for what government um, uh, what government is prepared to commit to and take forward. So the the key from from TFN's point of view is how close is the government's vision on all of this to the vision that's set out in the in the both in the strategic transport plan and critically in the strategic outline case for northern powerhouse rail that's been developed um over the last two years um which which puts forward um as well whittles down the options for for delivering northern powerhouse rail um and as our advice to, to government has been saying consistently you know, there's a very clear view that from the north about what's needed and that's and that's principally committing to new lines between liverpool and leeds um and the and the right major upgrades on other parts of the network so we're going to have to do a little bit of uh, waiting and seeing, as you say, until we uh, get our hands on the final integrated rail plan, uh, hopefully very soon to understand um, what that what that picture is going to look like in terms of um, government's commitment to these uh, mega rail projects. How have we um, sort of fed in or made our views uh, known ahead of ahead of this? And you, you touched on it there. The, the main thing is the um, the Northern Powerhouse Rail Strategic Outline Case. Um, so that's another three letter acronym for anybody keeping the list. The SOC, um, the the NPR SOC. There you go. Tick both of those off. Um, we haven't been able to um, formally submit that because um, that has to be done as um, co-clients with the DFT as, as, as NPR is. So we've not been able to do that ahead of the integrated rail plan. Government said the IRP needs to come first. Uh, but we did still provide uh, statutory advice, didn't we, um, a couple of weeks ago now basically reiterating um, that preferred uh, route for NPR. Tell us um, a little bit about that, Tim. Yes, yeah, so we um, actually we've been providing statutory advice to government on the integrated rail plan since um, uh, since last autumn. Uh, and so um, uh, I think I think we've submitted three or four uh, um, uh, piece of statutory advice as we've been going along. I think all of that has been pretty clear and consistent, particularly in relation to uh, Northern Powers Rail and um, and the completion of the HS2 network. Um, so the agreed the agreed route um, and uh, uh, the agreed route by the TFM board about the preferred network for Northern Powers Rail um, is a new line from Liverpool to Manchester via the centre of Warrington um and then a new line from manchester to leeds via the center of bradford and, and connecting those those really important um centers of both bradford and warrington um uh, are really essential to to really making this network not, not only work effectively as a network but really unlock the widest possible economic benefits and you know we, we've talked an awful lot about 
particularly about Bradford actually, and they which is which is particularly poorly connected um, and has massive economic potential. Um, so that that new line from Liverpool to to Leeds is that is is the centrepiece really of Northern Pounds Rail. Then the significant upgrades and journey time improvements to the Hope Valley route between Sheffield and Manchester are really important. Um, as I said earlier, that the connecting Sheffield um, to HS2 and onto Leeds, upgrading and electrification of Leeds, um, the routes from Sheffield and Leeds to Hull. But actually, a really central part of the um, of the NPR network is that connectivity through upgrading the East Coast Main Line from Leeds to Newcastle via York and Darlington, um, and the restoration of the Leamside Line. Um, which can re- which not only then sort of allows us to run more services and faster services between the northeast um, and and other parts of the north, um, but also unlocks local connectivity and freight connectivity uh, through the reinstallation of the um, the Leamside line. There's recent statutory advice through previous statutory advice through submissions to the NICRNA um, and so many other pieces um, of work as is our um, our duty, our one job as you might say. Um, I, I guess all we can do now Tim is, is sit and wait until we see the integrated rail plan so that we have that sight of uh, what it is the the government has decided in terms of um, focus and, and and plans for these mega projects? Yeah, afraid so. I mean, it is. It's it's really frustrating. As you said earlier, we were we were hoping this would be published in December. That would have enabled us to then get on and submit the the business case for Northern Pass Rail. Um, so so that could be considered by government. Um, uh, and now everything's gone a little bit back to front um, and we're all sitting here waiting for, for the IRP. But I think two things to emphasise. One is that these are huge decisions, absolutely huge decisions about, about the future of connectivity across the country. Um, and, and um, you know, uh, linked so strongly to the levelling up agenda and, and the opportunity to close the productivity gap between the North and the Midlands and the rest of the UK. So fundamental decisions. So I think I think we'd all be in the space of they need to be the right decisions, um, uh, even if it means it takes a little bit longer. Um, I guess that's one thing. The other thing is once the IRP is here, I, I think we think and, and, and I think we've had some messages from government say, she once the IRP is sorted out, that unlocks a lot of things. And what we really need to do is just make sure that we crack on at pace. So even though the IRP is a bit delayed and we're a bit delayed submitting our SOC as a result, um, what we need to do is then work out how we kind of get that time back in all the work that's got to happen on developing schemes, getting the consenting process, getting um, the great phrases sprayed in the ground and work starting um, and ultimately being able to run more better frequent services for people. Somewhere in that we need to accelerate and get back to where we were so we're not losing any more time. Um, and there's lot, as I said earlier, there's lots of things, um, lots of things in NPR that could effectively be started now as soon as as soon as we've got the consenting process and the funding place in place. So, so there's loads of opportunity to pick up time. Yeah, absolutely. We've got um, a great vision and yeah, we, uh, as always, stand ready to uh, crack on and take these things forward. Um, 
Tim, let's leave it there. We have covered uh, a lot today and it's not the easiest of subjects to get your head around with all these different uh, plans and assessments and different stages of reports and, and goodness knows what else. So thank you so much for helping us unpick it. Um, and I'm afraid you're going to have to come back hopefully um, in just a few days or maybe a week's or so's time uh, once we've seen the integrated rail plan and uh, unpick all of that for us. So uh, hopefully you're up for that. Yeah, of course. Really happy to. Thank you ever so much. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Tim. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in once again to our podcast. Uh, don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you're getting your podcast so that you never miss an episode. Uh, we have been recording loads of our interviews with members recently, so you're going to get a whole stream of fantastic podcasts um, over the coming weeks, talking to loads of our members from right across the region. So stay tuned for all of those. And in the meantime, make sure that you're following us over on Twitter and all our other social media channels and get signing up to the All Points North weekly email newsletter as well uh, by entering your details at the box on the bottom of our website. Thanks again for tuning in and uh, look forward to speaking with you all again soon. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.